podcast contains mature content. Listener discretion is advised. Before we dive into this Kanika Jenkins aftermath episode, I just wanted to wish everyone a happy new year. I know I missed an episode last week. Uh, we had technical difficulties, and my, plus my guest wasn't feeling good, so I pushed it out. So this week you're going to get aftermath, on, which is Saturday. And then you're going to get the trash bag killer, Patrick Wayne Kearney, which will be released tomorrow on Sunday. Now, starting next week, the Aftermath episode will be on Sunday. And then the following week, it'll be a new episode on Saturday. So it'll be Saturday will be the episode. Sunday will be the Aftermath episode for your listening pleasure. Now, don't forget to get your addiction stuff in. It's I'm really excited about it. I really think that we're going to be able to help people. Now, if you don't want to be recorded, that's fine. If you just want to remain anonymous, that's fine too. Definitely reach out, share your story. I've, I've already heard some very powerful stuff and it's amazing how addiction affects everybody without even knowing it. I have suffered from substance abuse, never to the point of addiction, but I got real close in my 20s. So it's something that's very important to me, and it means a lot. So definitely, definitely reach out. Let me know what you think. Let me know how you feel. Let me know if it's affected you, someone you know, a loved one, you. Juryroompodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget, you can always reach out no matter what. Uh, stickers, if you want stickers, reach out. Again, Happy New Year, and thanks for listening. Hey, I'm Courtney. And I'm Amanda. And this is A Nefarious Nightmare. We cover true crime and the paranormal. Weird, twisty, and spooky things that are sure to make you think cry or laugh we have had a few wonderful guests such as a paranormal investigator a really cool podcast and jason vukovic and his sister we've also had a ton of humorous moments and we intend to have more i come packing the dad jokes well puns i come with puns abound we raise awareness about the senseless acts committed against victims while roasting serial killers and marshmallows around a Zoom bonfire. Our listeners are definitely the best and we are their biggest fans. So join us, come on in. All are welcome and let's dive into these cases. You can find us on any podcast platform and YouTube. Be sure to find us, hit subscribe and share us with your friends. We do have great life advice, such as don't be a Richard. Yes, and and wear deodorant. We, We don't wish to smell you. All are welcome to a nefarious nightmare. Hello, and welcome to the jury room, where we dissect some of the most heinous, some of the most unthinkable, and some of the most monstrous crimes to ever scar the earth, from cannibalistic serial killers to decades-old unsolved mysteries. These stories are sinister enough to keep you up at night. Welcome back to another Jury Room Aftermath episode. I'm excited about this one. Uh, But first and foremost, before we start this episode, I just wanted to say Happy New Year. Uh, Sorry I didn't get an episode out last weekend. 
my guest, unfortunately, was feeling under the weather, but we're back now, and I'm so excited to have her. Uh, go ahead, Jolene, introduce yourself, introduce your podcast, where they can find you, all that good jazz. What's going on, everyone? I'm Jolene from It Goes Down in the PM, and you can find me at Wine O'Clock on Anchor or everywhere podcasts are listened to. And we are now vlogging. We are video, so you get to see all of this on YouTube. <laughs> so... Uh, why don't you tell people about your podcast what exactly do you cover you know all that good stuff um i talk about pop culture uh women's issues i'm a very vocal advocate for chill for children with autism supporting families with autistic kids uh Basically, we talk about celebrity news, trending topics. I like to say I'm fighting the patriarchy one fuck you at a time, and I'm not acting like a lady. So now that now that we're all back and COVID free, you can look forward to a new episode of It Goes Down in the PM real soon. Promise. I have to set up my studio. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being my first guest of the new year. I know this is something that we've been working on for ages now that we've been meaning to get together. Uh, so I'm really excited to, to have you. For your first initial thoughts when you first heard about this case of Kanika Jenkins, what were your thoughts before all the facts started coming out? I'll be honest. Um, the the My first, first thought was, Oh man, like another another young black woman down, gone, and they probably will never catch her killer because we, as a person of color, I've experienced not being a priority by police and you know law enforcement and stuff, and it's always so sad to hear about it in the news, and that was my initial reaction. And then I heard conjecture on the internet with people talking about what they thought might have happened or whatever. And I, I was like, this is not helping. They're all calling the police. My first thoughts was, this is not helping. You need They need to collect evidence. They need to investigate. But then I personally started watching the videos, right? And I was like, this story, this statement, it doesn't add up. And I've been a journalist for years, upward, upward of 20 years, I want to say. I've been a writer, a journalist. So some things are a matter of public record, like those police reports, uh, if people have been charged, a death certificate, cause of death. So when I started doing my research, things just were not clicking like the timetable of when, you know, these girls said that they saw her pass the desk to the timestamp on the video tape showing her walking the hall struggling. Now, everybody wanted to put it off on someone else. Oh, but then what really just chapped my ass was when they started blaming her. Oh, she drank too much. She probably took drugs. It doesn't change the fact that she's dead. Like, it's their responsibility to figure out why. They ruled it an accident. How does someone accidentally land in a freezer that can be opened from the inside? 
Right. So, yes. So my initial thoughts, and it's it's sad first and foremost to see someone lose their life that way. Nobody ever deserves to go out that way, right? So that's the sad part about it. And she had a very bright future and a lot going for her, which makes it even more sad. You know what I mean? Um, and there always is victim blaming. Unfortunately, that's that seems to be a uh, a running theme you know, in a lot of situations. And I go back to why her friends allowed her to be alone when she was drunk. You know what I mean? Like how and why, like I remember as, as a young person, you know, in my early, my late teenage years, early twenties, you know, drinking too much or partying too much, but I never fucking bailed on my friends. Like, no matter how drunk or high I was, it was like we were, if we went out together, we were together. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And let's say she was drinking, right? right. Let's say, okay, she drank too much. I, I've i had those nights. I downed a fifth of tequila and let me tell you, it downed me right back. <laughs> and my friends did not leave me. My my friends, like, basically, like, firemen carried my ass out of there and made sure I was safe at home. Garbage can next to me, aspirin on the thing. But they made sure I made it home safe. They tell you, like, as young women, they tell you, don't leave your glass unattended. If you don't, don't drink alone. Always bring a buddy go to the bathroom in groups because of the fact that so often women are the targets of violence and it's sad her friends are culpable if they didn't outright know that she was being drugged they left her for dead and that's wrong too and that's my whole thing on it is is that and that which I've been very vocal about it many times is it's sad that women even have to take more precautions than men. And, and unfortunately it's a reality that I hope someday, you know, changes the narrative hopefully changes at some point. Uh, but the sad reality is, is that that is true that women have to, you know, be in pairs or be in groups and, and they have to take care of each other. And my whole thing is, is that, <clears throat> you know, with, with being at a party and drinking and being, you know, and potentially being drugged, you know, or b being drugged, not even potentially without her taking drugs on her own. Um, you know, I know, you know, being drunk is, you know, you, especially if you go overboard, you tend to, you know, start passing out or, you know what I mean? And so it's not like it's her fault, but it's definitely, I agree. It's her friend's fault. They should have done a better job of taking care of her. I mean, and and let's talk about some of the speculation. Okay. Some some people say she was depressed. This was her last hurrah, and then she was gonna kill herself. First, she made plans. She completed school. She had plans to be somewhere after this. She told her mother where she was gonna be. You know, she said, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm gonna do this. I'm just celebrating getting this new job." 
suicidal people do not apply for jobs because people, you know, who are at their wits end do not plan on having a future beyond committing the act. That's, that's a sign of having no hope, a new job. That's hope. That's hope. No. And celebration, you know, is definitely not. And again, like mental health, it, it, it shows itself in all different kinds of ways. And, but like you said, a lot of people don't continue planning their life if they're planning on, you know what I mean? Committing suicide or, you know what I mean? Doing anything like that. So I, I tend to agree with that. I just, I don't know, man. I think in some instances that the internet tends to blow things up more out of proportion than what they are. You know what I mean? And it's one of those things too, that like you said, the speculation, the conspiracies, all the different, you know what I mean? Allegations and this, that, and the other, it definitely doesn't help the situation. You know what I mean? It really doesn't. Um, I had my own working theory based on what I read in the police statements, like how her friend said, oh, you know, we we thought she went to go lay down or whatever. And nobody nobody knows where these dudes were that she was partying with. Not, Not one single person knows these dudes. I'm telling you, someone knows these dudes. It's just that you know what, not a lot of people like to talk to police, but someone knows who they are. Her mother probably knows exactly who those dudes are. Yeah, and that's that's the other thing, too, is it, it's, you know, they're underage kids, you know, that aren't of age. They're breaking the law. There's drugs. There's, you know, alcohol involved. There's a hotel party. You know, a lot of people don't want to talk in that instance. And not only that, but you're talking about in Chicago, you know, with an African-American being involved, they they don't exactly get the warmest feelings dealing with law enforcement. You know what I mean? I know. When, when When I was in New Haven, man, listen, if you got caught, like, you cannot talk to police because once you're labeled a snitch, that's it. That's it. You, the cop could just be coming up and saying hello to you. It does not matter because if they think you're snitching, you're snitching, whether you're not, whether you're snitching or not. But first of all, like her friends are dirty. Her friends are dirty for that. And this is why, like she went over there, what I think happened, which I don't want to to contribute to the conjecture but what her friend's statements say to me is that they they went to meet some boys that they did they did not know and her friends either knew she was drugged or suspected it but didn't want to stop the fun so didn't want to stop the fun. So she left her friend for dead to go do her. And when she realized her friend was missing, oh shit, I don't want to face her mother. I don't want to get my ass whipped either by my mother. I don't want to tell a single soul that I don't lost this, 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 uh, I, I lost Kanika. 
She's gone. My friend's gone. And I know I left her to go be fast. And I don't I don't want to tell anybody that. I could see that. I could also see, you know, that that and a lot of people I, I know this probably is a hot take, but and someone in my opinion, I think it was an honest accident. Now I'll tell you why. And part of me is from my own experience with alcohol and drugs. And I understand that, you know, being that she was drugged, it's still in her system. Right. And she's still having the interactions with it is sometimes you just get too drunk for your own good and you start passing out or you drink something and it doesn't hit you at first. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, it's like, bam, like, my 21st birthday, I don't even remember half of it, but I remember waking up the next morning being like, what the fuck happened last night? And I had no idea. Um, so I think her friends leaving her definitely was fucked up. I don't agree with that. It was bullshit. That makes me really sad that her friends would do that to her. Now, I think maybe she was looking for somewhere, A, maybe to go to the bathroom, maybe to lay down, you know, somewhere somewhere comfortable, you know what I mean? Because she was down and they had went back up uh, to get her stuff. So, and sometimes when you're drunk and you fall over, you know, maybe she opened the door to the freezer, thought it was a bathroom, went inside, fell over because she was drunk or whatever, you know, or and then fell asleep. And, you know, then we have the ensuing, you know what I mean, events after that. Now, that's just my opinion. I, again, I'm not a professional, but, you know, in some instances, I think it might have just been an accident that got blown into something more. But again, that still doesn't excuse the actions of her friends. My thing is the average, the a refrigerator is what, 42, like 46 degrees a commercial refrigerator has to be approximately 46 degrees. But I used to work at like McDonald's and Burger King and like a bakery. So I kept having to check to make sure the freezers and refrigerators were, you know, they, they have the little thermometers in them. Right, right. It's like, I believe it's like 46 degrees. And then, and the freezer is like zero. Right. Now I've, I've been passed out, fall down drunk. Like I've, my, my friends have carried me places, but like, okay. The new year's 1999 going into 2000. Remember we, we all thought the world was going to end. <laughs> yeah, we did. I I was, I, Oh, I drank like the world was going to end too. I was, I was pissed drunk, but let me tell you, in uh in New Haven when in Connecticut period New Year's is like when the temperature is like zero degrees with a wind chill of like negative four, you step out the door and you might not be one hundred percent sober, but I'll tell you what, your balls will shrivel into your <laughs> belly and you will wake up. So I I mean everybody's body is different. And not only that, but you have the interactions of the drugs and the alcohol. Yeah, that's true. 
You know what I mean? Like if it was just alcohol, you are right. I've, you know what I mean? In certain situations, you get into a situation and it sobers you up instantly, right? You're like, whoa, fuck. Not completely like I'm talking like dry sober, but it at least gets your brain conscious enough to be like, okay, what the hell is going on? You know what I mean? But with there being drugs and alcohol, you know, who knows? Maybe the interaction, you know what I mean? In her body was different than, you know, what it would be for somebody else. And again, the drugs, even though they, she might not have been taking them willingly, they were still present. You know what I mean? Also, uh, blood, blood alcohol, you know how they say time sobers you up. When you start to get frostbite or freeze to death, blood stops pumping to your extremities and focuses its attention on your heart to keep your vital organs warm. So, I mean, there is a possibility that the approximated time that the blood and drugs, the alcohol and drugs were in her system could be, could have been, um, could be wrong or, you know, unless they calculated for the frostbite. And that's, you know, and that's another thing is, is there's so many different variables to this to this story, to the story. You know what I mean? And it, it's hard because like, every, like it, it's, it's one of those things that there's so many emotions, right? Because you feel bad for her. You feel bad for her mother. You feel bad for her family. Like, you know, they all lost somebody. I don't feel bad for her friends because her friends aren't technically her friends. They're assholes. But it's one of those situations that, it's just, you know, sometimes I think emotions get wrapped up in it and you, you, you're you looking for an answer. And when there's so much speculation and so much misinformation, I think that's where the problem lies is that you start, you know, people start believing those that misinformation. You know, it, a lie travels faster than the truth. And that's exactly. Like the and guy. I'll tell you what these these internet sherlocks i bet you did not take the time to look for the public record of the death certificate look through the video look for look for the police statements the things that are a matter of public record it takes one phone call and maybe three bucks to get a copy of it it's not hard i gave my press pass and that is how i got the information it's not hard to really just verify something before putting something out there into the ether. Right. And that's the, that's the problem though, is that in this day and age that we live, people don't verify information, right? They see the first thing, you know, whatever is the first thing they see, they believe it. I love that you know, just from since I was a kid, how connected the world is, but it's a blessing, but it's also a curse at the same time, right? There's, it's so, like, you can literally find anything at the, you know, at your fingertips. And so if somebody puts out a shitty article with terrible information, and that's the only thing that one person, you know, that somebody sees, well, then they go and tell, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so, and now that's what they believe. And it's just, I don't know, man, it's, it's, it's hard because a, we we're not there, but it's just, it's so hard because there's so much information to digest, but also 
we weren't there, you know what I mean, at the end of the day. Exactly. However, accident, whether it's accident or foul play, here's what I'm thinking as far as fault. Okay. So the hotel employee saw her pass by two times. Right. If I see a 15 or uh, if I see a teenage girl, she wasn't 15. Everybody, she was not 15. <laughs> but I just said 15 because I saw number 15. But if I see a teenage girl, right, walking by my desk, and I know she's not supposed to be here. First of all, my first instinct is stop right there, have a seat. Let me, what's your mother's name? Stay there. I have three children. One of them is a little girl. And, you know, I'm trying to raise her to be smart, keep spatial awareness, keep her head about her. I mean, my boys too, obviously, but especially because that's my youngest and she is my only daughter. So, like, first of all, if anybody messes with her, death is coming on swift wings. Okay? <laughs> because I will find you and my aim is excellent. So... <laughs> oh, my God. That's funny. But the hotel employee is culpable. She's culpable. They're, they are culpable for not asking questions and also trying to cover it up. The friends are culpable for leaving her. And the police are culpable too. Where are these dudes? Where are these dudes partying with underage girls? Now, I'm never okay with mom shaming. But you just heard me talk about my seven-year-old, right? My seven-year-old came home and said, I have a friend at school name Ian and he's my favorite friend and I said he that's not your friend don't talk to him ever again <laughs> <laughs> I don't I I don't know man because the the honest to god truth is is we don't know what she told her mom you know did she really tell her mom the truth did she lie to her mom you know it's one of those things that when you're a teenager and you, you know, even just a young adult and you have to use, like she had to borrow the car from her mom, you know what I mean? And so it's kind of one of those things that did she tell her the truth or did she say, did she kind of make up, did she omit things without lying? You know what but I mean? That's the thing. It's three in the morning. Your kid has your car. Your daughter has your car at three. That's, Two of the most important things, because I'll tell you what, my car goes missing at 3 a.m. <laughs> I will find you. It's not. It's it's a mom thing. I mean, I'm not. I mean, God bless her. She, I know she must have been devastated. And in her mind, she's probably asking herself the same questions. Why would I let her go? Why didn't I ask questions? Why didn't I, why did I let her take the car? You know, so there is no need for me to sit here and say, why didn't you, how you want to let your teenage daughter have a whole, go to a hotel party. But there are so many, so many people failed Kanika Jenkins on so many levels. You know, you can't really just pinpoint one, whether it was an accident or not. 
this this was a preventable tragedy. And I and I agree. It was very preventable. I don't I don't see a scenario where it was inevitable that she was going to die this way um, because there were so many different people, you know, and, you know, I know that her mom struggled with the hotel of getting them to help her, you know, and she had to go and beat the hotel room doors down one by one, trying to get information. So then they kick her out. So then she calls the cops and the cops don't want to help her. Like all of that stuff is extremely infuriating and I get it. But at the same time, the way I look at it for the hotel and again, I've never been in this position. And so I don't know how I would react in it. Um, But at the same time, the hotel has to, you know what I mean? Respect their, their policies and their other guests, because it's not like Kanika was the only person at the hotel and that her, her hotel party, a shouldn't have been happening anyways, because hotels don't, don't appreciate that because it makes other guests mad. They don't allow that. Right. I tried to have a hotel party after prom and none of the hotels were having it. (laughs) They're like, nah, you gotta go. (laughs) Like, nope, nope. But it's, it's one of those things that I understand how frustrating it is for the hotel not to cooperate with her mother, not to want to show her the security footage, not to want to help her look for her daughter. But the reality is, is her daughter wasn't a registered guest there. Uh, You know, she was there when she wasn't supposed to be, and they were doing what they had to do to protect the privacy of the rest of their guests. You know what I mean? So it's frustrating, but it's also at the same time, you can say, you can you can see it from both sides. They still have to run their business. You know what I mean? But that's the thing. Business rights, their rights stopped once they allowed a minor on premises without parental supervision. No, the and fact, I agree. Yeah, I'm not I'm not at any point justifying the hotel's actions. It's just a matter of, you know, you can't just show you know what I mean? Security footage to just anybody, you know what I mean? You have to, you know, get a warrant and all that because the reality is is there's a lot of privacy involved in that, you know, and a lot of, of guests that you have to be like, you have to be considerate of, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, I see I'm a business owner. So like, there's a way I could have had, like he could have handled that. He could have isolated the footage with Kanika in it, apologized, done something to try and cooperate and help her. Because my first thought would be the timeline. When kids go missing, the first 24 hours is crucial. That's any missing person, really. Yeah. And then the the second thing I'd be worried about is my staff screwed up, you know, now there's a missing teen on my hands on my premises um my insurance my the insurance were liable not to mention this woman can sue me and my business as far as like protecting the business but as a mother my first thought would have been the safety of that girl well and the thing about it too is is 
because I tried to, you know, I always try to look at everything, especially like stuff like this from like all perspectives, you know, and maybe the, the desk people, you know, wanted to cooperate, but potentially maybe their boss, their manager, whoever was above them, you know, was telling them, Hey, you can't participate. You can't help, you know, and being, maybe they were a single parent and they need that job. You know what I mean? And, and unfortunately we're, we're wired for survival. Right. And some people, even though they're a good person and they help, they want to help everybody. They, it's still, you know, survival for them. They have to have that job. They have to keep it. They have to feed their family or their kids or, you know, whatever the case is, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I completely get it. Like, it's just, it's poor leadership, poor management all around. There, there is a way that they could have met in the middle and still protected the privacy of their guests. They just, they, they just didn't want to take the time to do it. Right. And that's, you know, that's the unfortunate part. And that's where the, the conspiracies and the speculation come in because it's like, okay, did, was there something on that footage that they didn't want, you know, her to see or didn't want the cops to see or, you know, to delete something. So, uh, so they it didn't implicate them you know what i mean i'm all heavy eye roll on that because i'll be like i your listeners cannot hear me rolling my eyes but that is heavy eye roll again if they actually read the police reports the only hole in the story is where are the dudes that they were partying with where like that's 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 the hole that's a whole, you know, there's a lot of coulda, woulda, shoulda, if, and whatever, but they're, they're the missing piece. No, they I know, agree. They know they're parting with them and you, they will probably, the sad truth is they'll probably never find those dudes. And it's going to take somebody, you know, coming forward a guilty conscience, a deathbed confession, something, you know, something out of the ordinary, you know, to get somebody to confess or to come forward, you know what I mean? To talk about it. Yeah. No. And like I said, when people are wired for survival, they, they don't tend to stop being wired for survival until they understand that they are safe. And that is the unfortunate truth. Well, what are your final thoughts? What about all the, like, what are just your final thoughts? And what do you think actually happened? Um, well, like I said, based, based on what I read and what I saw, what I think actually happened is these girls went to the hotel party, just want to be fast, meet some boys that they didn't know or did know from around the way. And when they saw when Kanika's friends saw she was a little fucked up they didn't she didn't want to stop partying or want to stop having fun so she just let Kanika go go off and she went to go do her thing and when she realized Kanika was missing she she didn't want to get in trouble so she didn't say anything and she left to go save her own ass and my th- they need to find the the boys that they were partying with because those those boys know what went down too. So those boys know what if 
if Kanika was drugged, if she took the drugs on her own, or if they drugged her, they know. That's that's what I think actually happened. And then from then on, it was just a series of bad choices, bad choices. Because the way she was wandering the hallway, she was trying to keep herself up on the hall, trying to like figure out where she was going. Like anybody, it could have even taken a stranger, someone who didn't even work there, to just look at her and be like, hey, mom, what's going on? Look, have a seat. Here, I got you. I'm going to look out for you right now, okay? It it just could have taken one good soul to change that story. And I think some of that, too, is the bystander effect, right? The person, a lot of people don't want to get involved. They don't, they don't want to drag themselves into it. So they think the person behind them is going to, you know what I mean, save the situation. And unfortunately, a lot of times they don't. So my final thoughts, look, watch who you chill with. This is something I tell my kids all the time. Yo, Jesus Jesus broke bread with Judas too. Knowing that Ju- Judas was going to betray him. That's if you believe in the Bible, you know, for those of you that don't, you know, it's a cautionary tale or whatever, much like a fable. Jesus sat down, broke bread. Judas kissed Jesus before he let him get to the Pharisees. Your friends, you got to watch who you hang out with because those friends will set you up. If, if you're not hanging with the right people, they'll set you up for the right price. Straight up. Like that's, that's what I gathered. This, this is a cautionary tale. Any friend that would leave you for dead in a hotel room is not your friend. I agree. And I, 100%, I, my final thoughts on it is I think it was an accident gone wrong. I think it was, I don't think there was necessarily completely foul play. Uh, I don't think she took the drugs on her own. Doesn't excuse the fact that she was drugged. I think she was drinking, having fun. She left her things behind. Her friends fucked up. Let her be by herself. And they lied to cover their own ass instead of just being honest about what happened. Exactly. That's what I think. And I think that if somebody, like you said, if somebody would have just stopped, said, you know, hey, are you okay? Something we would have never even known who she was unless she, you know, became famous. So I just don't, I don't necessarily believe all the conspiracies. I think her friends lied, but I think at the end of the day, it was potentially just an accident that just kind of snowballed into what we have now. That's, that's my final thoughts on it. Yeah, we, we pretty much agree. <laughs> hey. So well, let me know what you think, the listeners. Let us know, Jerry Room Podcast. You guys could agree with us, disagree with us, doesn't matter. Of course I want to know. Um, but Jolene, why don't you go ahead, tell everybody where they can find your podcast at. And I have one question before we go. All right. So you can find my podcast everywhere where podcasts are listened to. Um, you can also find me and all of this on youtube <laughs> because we we have come i have converted to video although 
man, I need to upgrade my computer because it is taking, it takes a million years to render a video. Where when I get ready, when I edit all the videos, insert all the B-rolls, I have waited up to four hours for a video to render. That's crazy. Yeah, I need I need a new computer. Hey, if you, if you all want to contribute to the cause, <laughs> no. So anyway, before we go, so, I think I've already asked you this question. So if I have, that's fine. You can answer it again, and I'll ask you another one. If you could be one sandwich condiment, what would you be, and why? I'll, you asked me, and I said spicy mayo. Okay, so the one question that I gotta know is: Would do you put pineapple on your pizza? No. Oh, no. thank God! I thought no. we were gonna have no. to stop being friends right now. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> no, I don't need that type of negativity in my life. <laughs> well, Jolene, thanks for coming on. It's been a pleasure to sit down and talk with you. I'm glad we finally got this episode done. Again, thanks for coming on. Thanks for supporting me through thick and thin, through ups and downs. I appreciate it, and thank you. Oh, I appreciate you, ma'am. You supported me through COVID, bro. <laughs> but I hope you have a good day, and I'm glad to see you're feeling better, and thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And remember, you never know what's lurking in the shadows, lingering around the corner walking past your house at night. So watch out, stay safe, and keep listening. This has been The Jury Room.